Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. That's why the Lord Jesus said in John 14, 2, John 14, 2, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 2.9, 1 Corinthians 2.9, it's written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. So just as Jacob left Canaan with nothing, yet nothing, we're gonna leave this world with nothing. I mean, Job said it, in Job 121, Job 121, naked came I out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return. And as the, and, and, and from the lips of the man who had the greatest amount of possessions ever in the world, King Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 5.15, Ecclesiastes 5.15, as he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. So just as Jacob here, he's entering into Canaan with nothing. We're going to enter heaven with nothing. And as Jacob received the land of Goshen that was prepared for him, we will enter into those mansions that the Lord Jesus has prepared for us. And we, but the problem is we get so attached to things. We get so attached. to things. I had a problem with this, especially. Well, I still have a problem, but I had a problem with this when I used to travel a lot. And believe it or not, it was over my suitcase and my briefcase. I just got so attached to my suitcase and my briefcase. And I was constantly thinking about, where's my suitcase? Where's my briefcase? And then I would go, always thinking about, well, you know, not only where were they, but what's inside and what's in every part. And I was constantly in my mind and actually doing this, arranging and rearranging everything with my suitcase. <clears throat> I had CRD, CRD. Compulsive rearranging disorder. <laughs> I mean, I had a list of where everything was, and it was my pajamas were in this pouch, and my T-shirts go here. I was constantly arranging and rearranging. My stepfather used to watch me, and he says, "Oh, you're," uh, he used to say, "You're fine-tuning your suitcase again." <laughs> he would say it that way, fine-tuning. Well, Jacob was old, and we can imagine him saying, "Egypt." I'm too old to go to Egypt. A long trip to Egypt? Me and long trips were finished. Or it's over. I mean, it's such a strange place, Egypt. And really, just like us, we've never been to heaven. And things in heaven seem a little strange to us. You know, a three-dimensional city, streets of gold, glass thieves. And we kind of cling to things down here below where we have this regular life routine. We cling. We like our routines in life. You know, it reminds me of my Ethiopian friend, Temeskin. Temeskin 
You know, our city in Budajir is a Guragi village. Temeskin also lived in a Guragi tribe village. It was just over the mountain from where Scanabody's Ethiopia's compound is now. Our, our, I told you our area was a Muslim city. His was not. His was a animist village. His uncle was the witch doctor. And death just plagued Temeskin's village. His, Temeskin's father's do, father died. Everybody was dying all around him. The only one who was left was him, his mother, and his sister. And he was just a little boy. Temeskin was just a little boy when a 24-year-old lady in the village was dying. And to everybody's surprise, she cried out to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he healed her. She didn't die. And, and then a man came uh, from a from neighboring place, a neighboring village, and he had a Bible with him with pictures. And, and the man explained the Bible using the, the pictures. And, and what happened was that Temeskin's family then, they believed and they were saved wonderfully from their sins. And then they learned where the church was. It wasn't far away. And they started to go to the church. Now they, they, they learned everything out of this Bible this man had and they didn't have a Bible and they wanted a Bible so much. So someone in the church gave to Temeskin's mother a Bible. Now, Temeskin's mother, she's about this tall, okay? And this Bible was about this tall. So this is huge coffee table Bible that they gave her, and, and, and she was a very small lady, but she was so happy to receive the Bible that she used to strap the Bible to her back, and like a backpack, and she went everywhere with her Bible. She couldn't read, she couldn't read, but she knew this was God's book, and she wanted to have God's book with her all the time, and she would just go through the pictures and remember what the man had told her. Well, Temeskin's uncle, the witch doctor, was very angry with them going to church. It was bad for his business. So he used to, on Sunday mornings, he used to sit in the, in the opening to their hut, their mud hut there, and he would beat them if they tried to go to the church in the morning. So Temeskin's mother had an idea. We'll just keep getting up earlier and earlier till he's not there. And finally in the middle of the night, they would, they left and they went to church. And then, well, that's the way life was until Temeskin was 12 years old when on his left leg, he got this tremendous, massive growth, a tumor. It formed. And, and then the people in his village said, you need to go to the, to the government hospital in Addis, Addis Ababa, about two hours away. In, 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 and have it looked at. Like I say, I don't even know where his village was. I asked him one time, where is your village? And he says, well, you remember when you go out of Vadas and you come to that corner where they're auctioning off donkeys, uh, which describes a lot of places in Ethiopia, but I kind of remembered, yeah. He said, well, you go that way, but to, for me, you go this way on that road. Okay, that's where he was. Anyway, so he gets a big tumor. He's told that they have to go to the government hospital. They don't have any money for the bus fare. They don't have any money. But they owned a goat, so his mother sold the goat and bought the bus tickets to Addis. Now, when they got to the government hospital in Addis, they told Temeskin, you only have two months to live because what you have is a cancer called osteosarcoma, and, and, and it's going to kill you, and so your leg, it has to be amputated in order for you to have a chance to live. And we only have two orthopedic surgeons for Ethiopia. Think about that. Two orthopedic surgeons for 85 million people. And, and they, they are way, way booked out. There's no way that they can amputate your leg. 
within two months, so you're gonna die. And then they explained to him, there's something more we need to tell you, and that is that it's very expensive for us to transport a corpse back to your village. So would you please return to your village and just die there? Well, his mother was crying uncontrollably. His sister was crying. A cousin who lived in Odessa joined them. He was crying. Everybody's crying and crying. But Tomeskin didn't cry. And he said, it's okay. Because he said, I am saved. I know the Savior. I know that if I die, I'm going to heaven. Well, then his cousin said, wait a minute. I've heard that at the Mother Teresa Hospital that they take care of kids with cancer. So they all went to the Mother Teresa Hospital, and there was a doctor, and he explained to them, I have never amputated a a, a leg before, but I'm willing to give it a go. I'll give it a try. (laughs) And he cut off uh, Tomeskin's left leg. And, And then Tomeskin was living there at the Mother Teresa Hospital, and his best friend became Mahmoud, who also had osteosarcoma, and and they had the same doctor removed his right leg, Mahmoud's right leg. So Tomeskin had his left leg removed, Mahmoud had his right leg removed, and Tomeskin and Mahmoud became best friends in the hospital, and they would go to the Mercato, the marketplace, and and they would go and buy one pair of shoes. <laughs> And the right one went to Damascus, and the left one went to Mahmoud, and they would go around and tell everybody the bargain they got from buying one pair of shoes. And a Jewish doctor, Rick Hodes, was there who was working, taking care of the kids with cancer, and he started to give Tomeskin chemotherapy. Actually, in his home, he started to do it with, with, with a lot of other kids that he had in his home. But sadly, the chemo was not working. So, And that's when my lawyer, Mary Louise Cohen, was visiting that hospital, visiting Rick Hodes, when, and, and when she met Tomeskin, and she decided to adopt him and bring him back to Washington, D.C., and, in, and, and get him the best care possible, enrolled him in a high school with a tuition of $35,000 a year. And Tomeskin now is living in this multi-million dollar home uh, uh, on Military Avenue in, in, uh, in, in D.C., and Tomeskin's getting the best care from George Washington Hospital, from National Cancer Institute, from St. Jude's. And Tomeskin goes into remission. And then Tomeskin gets a guitar, and he goes to the park, and he learns how to play. He writes Christian songs that he wants to teach his church back in Ethiopia because they had no musical instruments. Tomeskin had a tremendous smile. When Tomeskin smiled, the room lit up. That's Tomeskin. And this was just a tremendous time in Tomeskin's life. I mean, Tomeskin saw the ocean for the first time. He'd never seen the ocean before. And he swam in it. And that was something. And then Tomeskin saw snow for the first time. He'd never seen snow. And he played in it. And then, and then they took Tomeskin onto some private property, and he drove a car for the first time. He'd never done that. And, and he got an iPod. <laughs> he got a lot of stuff. And they had a, they had a pool, a swimming pool in their house. And I used to, and I used to watch Tomeskin swim with one leg. He learned how to swim. He swam like a polywog, but back and forth. And there were so many things that Tomeskin learned and saw and did for the first time. But sadly, Tomeskin's cancer returned and it spread throughout his whole body. 
And they said at, George, at the hospital, <clears throat> we'll set him up with a port. He can make one last trip back to Ethiopia to say goodbye. And that's the trip I went on. And that's why Scanabodies is in Ethiopia. And, <clears throat> and, um, and when it was obvious that Temeskin was going to die, I bought him a book about heaven. And, 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 and I started to talk to Temeskin about heaven. And Temeskin was vehement. No, I'm not going to die. God is going to heal me. And he started to collect all these reports about people that have been healed. He said, I'm only 15 years old, and I have so much work to do for God. Don't talk to me about heaven. I don't want to go to heaven now. And I struggled and struggled with trying to get Temeskin willing to leave like Jacob, leave Canaan, go to heaven. And, 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 and so, and I, and I was thinking about this, uh, Jacob, the old man, having to, the idea of leaving Canaan for, for Egypt. Finally, I sat down with Temeskin and I explained what was going to happen to him. And I said, Temeskin, this is your life story. And, and I said, Temeskin, your life story can be described by two words, the words very, very. I said, that's your life story. Very, very. I said, Temeskin, when you were living in your, your village in, in Ethiopia that was plagued by death, you were very, very poor. Very, very poor. And then Temeskin, when that tumor formed on your leg, you got very, very sick with cancer. Very, very poor. Very, very sick with cancer. And someone, Mary Louise Cohen, came to, it came to Ethiopia, and and she was very very rich, and 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 she came and adopted you, and took you to Washington D.C., which was very very far away, and then and 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 then you actually became very very rich in, in Washington D.C., and 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 when you learned all these things you never knew before. And you saw all these things you never saw before, and you did all these things you never did before, you became very, very happy. See? Now, I said, Tomeskin, that's what's happened in your life so far. But now, I want to tell you, Tomeskin, it's all going to repeat again, exactly the same. It's all going to happen another time. Tomeskin, you think you're, you're rich, but really, you are very, very poor, comparatively speaking. And now someone, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is very, very rich, is going to come and adopt you. And he's going to, like happened to you, he's going to take you to a place which is very, very far away. That'd be heaven. And then you will become, in heaven, very, very rich. And then again, you're going to learn things you didn't know. You're going to, you're going to see things you never saw. You're going to do things you never uh, did before. And you will become very, very happy. That's what happened. And when I told, when I told Tomeskin, you know, my very, very story, you know, I, which, which, which I thought was really pretty good, <laughs> to be honest. I was pretty happy with it. I thought, wow, that was good. And then I looked at him and he didn't accept it. He didn't accept it at all. And, you know, and I really enjoyed my very, very story, and I liked it very, very much, and I thought it was good, you know. But I remember looking at Temeskin at the time, and he just frowned at me with this resentment, resentment. And I remember 
<clears throat> wondering at the time, well, why didn't he like my very, very story? And, and I knew it was because he did not want to die. He did not want to die. And finally, he was in the hospital, and the cancer was taking over his lungs just hours before he died. And I was singing to him <clears throat> songs. And it was at that point when Temeskin calmed, and he, and he turned his eyes toward heaven. Because it wasn't easy for Temeskin to turn towards heaven. And we can imagine how it wasn't easy for Jacob to hear the very, very story from his sons. Because in Canaan, you know, Jacob, you are very, very poor. And, 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 and Joseph is very, very rich. And, and you need to go to a place in Egypt which is very, very far away. And you'll, and, and then, then, then you'll become in Goshen very, very rich. And you're going to, all these things are going to happen to you, make you very, very happy. And that's why verse 20 is a call to us to be willing to have the same very, very experience when it comes to, 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 to time to die in the Lord. But just like Temeskin, who didn't like this very, very story, it was not easy for him to accept. So it wasn't easy for, for us. It, well, it's not easy for us to accept verse 20 and also regard not your stuff for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. And that's the reason is that we become, the reason for that is we can become, we become too attached, overly attached to the things of earth. We have to constantly realign our affection, our affection. And that's what Colossians 3.2 is talking about. Colossians 3.2 says, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall he appear with him in glory. Mortify, put to death. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. See, this word set, set your affections. It, it, it reminds me of a habit. You know, whenever I go sailing now, whenever I go sailing, First thing I always do is I get up to the stays, which are holding the mast up, and I just grab them and give them a good test. And you know why? Because 30 years ago, when the boys and I were sailing with Joe Columbia, Columbo, somebody remember Joe Columbo, and we were sailing in our, in our little 14-foot Lido 14 sailboat, and we were right in front of Anthony's fish grotto out there on the water, and I asked Joe to get something, Joe Colombo, I asked Joe Colombo to get something in the front of the boat. And as he got up, the boat moved, and Joe grabbed the mainstay and snapped, and the mask came down. So it was very embarrassing in front of the Anthony's restaurant, trying to look good for all the diners, you know. And there we were. And then we had to get towed in. And when I looked closely at the stay as to why that happened on my boat, I noticed it was all rusted. It was rusted. That's why it snapped. So then ever since then, I always check, the, check it out. That's the connotation behind Colossians 3.2. Set your affections on things above. It means check your stays. Give it a test. Make sure your heart will hold up under the pressure like the, sta- like the mainstays have to stay on the mast when the pressure of the wind is against the sail and putting the pressure on the mast. And, 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 and set your affection means to constantly... Be, be checking, be constantly be coming dead to our desires for immorality and lust for possessions. And that's what Pharaoh was saying here when he told him in verse 20, he says, regard not your stuff. See, Pharaoh is saying to don't let your stuff keep you back from coming to Egypt because you're going to get much better things in Egypt. And that's what God's saying to us. He's saying to us in this little verse, don't let your stuff 
on earth keep you back from desiring to go to heaven where there's going to be much better things? Now, you may have heard the serious, the joke, it's actually a serious joke, about the man who said, okay, well, you know, when I die, I want to take this suitcase to heaven. So he's buried with the suitcase and he gets up to heaven and they open up, the, the angels get around, they open up the suitcase. What's in it? And he's got bars of gold and they say, pavement? You brought pavement up here? All right. So I don't know about you, but I like to read the reviews, the product reviews in Amazon. It, it, it always amazes me when I read these reviews. You like to read those too? They're just so interesting, you know. But what always gets to me is when I read a review that says, love it, love it, love it, love it. You know, love's an affection. And God calls us to set our affection and our love on things above and not on things of the earth. Now, this is the picture of the Christians whose heart was infested with thorns, that ground that was infested with thorns. In Luke 8, 14, when it says, that which fell among the thorns are they which heard and went forth, and they were choked with the cares and the riches and pleasures of this life. That's why the Lord Jesus said in Luke 12, 15, Luke 12, 15, he said, take heed, beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Leave your, regard not your stuff. Why? Because he says in Luke 12, 32, Luke, Luke 12, 32, fear not, little flock, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. John 14, as we mentioned, he says, he's prepared a place for us. So we, so just as Pharaoh was telling Jacob, don't grieve over your furniture and all the other stuff that you can leave behind because you got much better in Egypt. This is the crowning character of the Hebrew believers who were called out when they, in, in Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10.33, when it says that they were made a gazing stock and the reproaches and reflections. And then in Hebrews 10.33, Four, it says that they took joyfully the spoiling of their goods. Why? Knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. And substance. And then he, he says, don't cast your confidence away. You've got need of patience. A little while, it says in Hebrews 10 37, 10 37, a little while. And, and, and he that shall come will come will not tarry. So, 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 and, and, and whenever you read that little while, I just can't help but think of Bert Poole's song. Only a while. Only a while. You know, only a while till my course is run, he wrote. Only a while till my course is run. Only a while till the set of sun. And just think of it. Bert is now in heaven. He's now in heaven. So what we've seen here in this passage is that after the reconciliation, Joseph was not ashamed to call himself the brothers of the men who sold him into slavery. And we've seen how engaged Pharaoh has been with Joseph to bring his family home in Egypt. And, and for that, we've seen how engaged God the Father is with the Lord Jesus Christ with tender mercy to bring us home. And we've seen how important it is for us to keep a loose grip on things here below so that when the time comes, we're not going to regard our stuff and we're going to look forward to the much better good in heaven that's ours because of the goodness of the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you have prepared for us and help us, Lord, to regard not our stuff. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scanabody's Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com. 